Hey guys, welcome to the Hop Delay podcast. My name is Emily Krauser. I'm one of the writers here at Hop Delay and your host for this week's podcast episode. I hope you've all been staying safe and healthy and, you know, not leaving your homes unless it's to go support your local breweries. Of course, pick up those four packs and those crawlers. I am afraid to tell you how full my fridge is right now, but honestly, is that a bad thing? There's no rules in quarantine. Okay, we know there are. Uh, <laughs> We all know the last four months have been extremely stressful and very weird, and not just for our physical health, but our mental health, too. Los Angeles has been hit so hard by COVID-19. The day that I am recording this intro, it was just announced that California has surpassed everywhere else in the nation, surpassed New York for the number of coronavirus cases. So it's a scary time to be here. And we all know that. Uh, So I hope that here at Hop Delay, we can provide you guys with a little bit of levity, a little bit of happiness, especially if those are in the form of hops. And I'm really, really excited for you to be here for this week's episode. And honestly, I'm always excited for when you guys come to the site and read what we're writing about, checking it out. Gary's been doing some awesome pieces, the doing good stories about all the amazing work that the breweries and bartenders and just beer folks in town have been doing to support the community. Um, Javi's podcasts have been rad. I know you've heard him chatting with quite a few of our uh, local brewery leaders. So it's been really rad. So again, I can't thank you guys enough for being here, for tuning in. So as you guys know, the laws are getting real weird. I don't even know if they're laws, the rules, whatever they are. It seems like every five minutes there is a new rule about what breweries can do to be open, if what they need to do to have outside seating. It depends on which town you're in, or which part of LA County, which part of the city. It's all freaking crazy. It's honestly amazing that I'm so proud of the breweries, honestly, for the way they've been handling this and the fact that the majority of them are still open. We have three that have opened mid-coronavirus crisis. How freaking crazy is that? So all that being said, the episode you're going to hear today was recorded pre-coronavirus. Well, pre-safer uh, at home, I should say, pre-us knowing what the hell was really happening. Absolutely adore this brewery and I adore the owners. Today, we are talking with Briard Beer Company. So it was in like late February, early March, when I chatted with the co-owners, Sherwin Antonio and Nurk Nishikawa. They are so rad. Um, I absolutely, if you guys have not been up to the space in Glendale at the time, as of all of like a month ago, they were the only brewery in Glendale for quite a while. These guys have been killing it for years now. And if you know where to find them under the bridge, you know where to find them. And honestly, I think that <laughs> that might say enough. But we have so much that we're going to go over with this interview. Sherwin and Kirk are awesome. They started off as home brewers. They have so much insight into the world of beer and especially lagers, which is their passion. And it's the backbone of Briard. And we talk a lot about that. They're also both Los Angeles natives. They met in high school when they were nerding out over cars. So, you know, they went from nerding out over cars to nerding out over beer. How much do you love that? They've been friends for so long. They've been running this brewery for a few years now. And it's been really, really rad to see how they've grown. The new beers that they've added to the menu, the experimentation they've done. I actually got to chat with Sherman when he was doing one of the women's beer forums over at Eagle Rock with Ting Su. He was the guest for the night and I got to try the their hazel ale, which, oh my God, if you guys haven't tried it yet, it's one of my favorite beers in LA. So you'll hear us talk about that a little bit. 
We also talk about this really cool old car that's in the middle of the space that if you've been to Brewyard, you know exactly what I'm talking about. People use it to sit and drink now. It's like a big table, but it actually drives. It's it's pretty damn cool, especially if you're into old cars. Uh, and about three quarters of the way through, just so you guys know, I do ask them about what beers we can look forward to in 2020. So you know as well as I do that... Uh, 2020 is weird. <laughs> so a lot of things have changed since I asked that, but the heart of our conversation has not, and Kirk and Sherwin's love for beer for Los Angeles for their brewery has not. It was a really rad conversation. It was an awesome time. I got to just be there amongst all of the machines and the taps that haven't been touched yet and just like seeing what the rest of the day is going to have unfold. So I really appreciate them giving me the time and uh, letting me into the space. It was so cool. All that is to say that I hope you enjoy this episode. There will be a companion piece on the site shortly, so you'll be able to read all about Briard as well. In the meantime, though, don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes and subscribe anywhere else that you're listening to podcasts. It helps other beer lovers just like you find Hop Delay and allows us to keep on keeping on. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Kirk and Sherwin. So basically, I'm just really curious before we get into the brew yard itself, how you both got started in beer. Hi, I'm Sherwin. Yeah, I'm a brewer and co-owner here at Brew Yard Beer Company in Glendale. Um, it really was just, I can remember one of my first craft beers would have to be Sierra Nevada, the Pale Ale. And it, it was definitely, you know, a lot different than every everything else on the market at that time. And I wasn't even sure I really liked it, but I just, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just different and it was bold and, you know, obviously hoppy and myself and, you know, my friends weren't really used to that flavor yet, but I just yeah. liked it because it was different, yeah. you know, and I think that was kind of a springboard into, into craft beer, you know, and then that actually, you know, that's when I actually jumped into uh, home brewing as well, you know, just, just because now, you know, with, with trying different beers, I'm interested in trying other beers that weren't actually on the shelves, you know, back then in terms of like, you know, Belgian beers yeah. and, and German beers and things of that sort. And I was able to do that by homebrewing and bring those recipes and trying them out. So I've heard quite a few people who started say um, they started, you know, by homebrewing and doing right. that. The more I'm around beer, though, I learned it's quite a jump homebrewing to this, yeah. <laughs> to this system. So right. how, like, how does how does that happen? When you're like, you know what? what? It's time. I can do this. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm Kirk Nishikawa. I'm the other guy. <laughs> um, actually, well, with uh, like part of Sherwin's answer, uh, it's it's definitely a gradual, you know, s snowball or <laughs> you yeah. know, just like a gradual right. process. Like uh, I, I think it it always. I, I remember Sherwin like even prior to or maybe just drinking the beer to just kind of pique his interest. But then it seems like you you hear it. Uh, often that usually the, the homebrewing bug starts with someone getting you just a Mr. Beer kit, you know, and you're just like, wow, I made something that kind of tastes like beer and it's not bad. And then you just, it piques your interest and you just kind of keep going on that tangent. You know, then it goes from that to Sherwin's stove with some pots and then it goes to him like, you know, like procuring some, you know, old kegs and, you know, turning that into a system and then all of a sudden, you know, his entire garage is just filled with <laughs> fridges and none of them have food in it, you know, like, um, you know, and then, and then you just have me, you know, 
just hanging out with him, you know, <laughs> brewing with quotes, sure. you know, basically just drinking shit. You know. <laughs> a lot of drinking. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like for me, it was, um, it was actually, I would say outside, uh, you know, just in, in full pure honesty of yeah. us, we're, you know, born like just Angelinos, you know, through and through, you know, from born, uh, and and born and raised, you know, so we all grew up with just the, the basic you know, loggers uh, yeah. and the yeah. Coronas and the Heinekens and the Budweiser's and Miller's Coors, all that stuff, you know, like no shame about it. That's just what was available and sure. all we had. Yeah. And then when things like Sierra Nevada or even Newcastle and, you know, you start seeing Geddes come out. And then uh, for me, I think the bigger jump, though, outside of the more commercially uh, you know, uh, available ones was uh, Chimay, just kind of getting a taste of that. And I, I think it was... It was it was good and interesting, and especially at a young age, you're like high alcohol, awesome, you know. And, <laughs> but you know, there was like a fruitiness to it that you you yeah. weren't familiar with, and you're like, oh, this is, I could do this, you know. Like it's not just kind of bitter bland, you know. There there's actually yeah. some character to it, you know. And then that that kind of piqued my interest in terms of how it turns into something like this. It's, yeah, this is a whole production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, from homebrewing to this is. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a sickness. I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not, like, if, if we had a psychologist actually interview, no, or a psychiatrist, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it is it is a slow, gradual process, and it, it is just kind of step by step. Like, you know, not, not speaking for Sherwin, but, you know, it just gets, it, it just starts with that simple concept, and mm -hmm. then you just keep developing on it. And then eventually, I mean, it, it I guess just the homebrewing side of it, which was what maybe this over ten years ago now, because yeah. when we first started this, we were saying about ten years ago. So right, about <laughs> like fourteen years ago now. Yeah, I mean, I was <laughs> heavy into homebrewing, and um, you know, I I joined the Malthus Falcons in Woodland Hills, and you know, met other brewers, and you know, just uh, witnessing uh, seeing Eagle Rock, you know, open up here in LA was was really eye opening. That was monumental for yeah. us. Yeah, no, know? I'm like, wow, you know, these these guys are also homebrewers. And they were able to kind of op yeah. open up, you know, the first brewery in LA in a long, long time. Yeah. Decades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they were outside of the homebrewers clubs. Like they, I don't want to say single-handedly, but they were. I, I give them a lot of credit for being the reason for such a big explosion of brewery breweries because they, a they showed that it could be done mm -hmm. like mom and pop style. You didn't have to have these heavy-pocketed investors yeah. come in. Right. And then also. They, they were doing everything they could in their, you know, in their capacity to encourage it by having all of these workshops and, you know, like there weren't too many other places you can go where you can learn about water when it comes to brewing or learn about hops or learn about grain and Sherwin. Most right, places yeah. have that. Yeah, right. They still don't it's, actually. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible what they did. Yeah. And then Sherwin <laughs> once again with the bug would just go, <laughs> you know. Hey, I signed us up for this uh, you know, thing at Eagle Rock Brewery. I'm all like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll no, go. It's funny because, yeah, we actually went to uh, a session at Eagle Rock Brewery where it was all about how to start a small brewery. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, and we went to that class, and um, it was hosted by... Uh, Is that uh, Drew Beecham? Yeah, Drew. Yeah. Yeah, and ah, Jeremy. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, sense. okay. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah. like, we can do this. Yeah. 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 What were you doing before you opened up? Um, I was an automotive mechanic for over almost 20 years. Cool. Certified yeah. master. Yeah, so I kind of turned, you know, just kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, just hands-on, just tinkering with, with machinery. 
and it was kind of an easy fit just into the brewery side of sure, things. Sure, a lot of machines. <laughs> a lot of machines to tinker yeah. Machines yeah, and really just is. kind of, uh, you know, just wanting to, to build things and put things together and yeah. just yeah. to know how things work. It kind of just went naturally. That it, mechanical it makes aspect. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did the name Brewyard come to be? Honestly, it's, it's just my backyard and just brewing different beers you know, out of my garage, is it was like, this was our brew yard. That simple. <laughs> and actually that truck too, uh, I mean, that was sitting in his backyard for, I don't know, at least a year. A couple years. A couple years before we even found a place. I've always wondered about this. And so people were drinking on it and it was, it just happened to perfect 42 inch counter height. And uh, yeah, so, we originally didn't plan for it to actually yeah. be a drinking table inside the tap room. Yeah. Oh, that's like so we. It, it was definitely our mascot, but yeah. pulling yeah. it in and just parking like, it. Yeah, we'll leave it in. Just kind of. <laughs> it's so kind of like, made sense. When I, yeah. think, when I think of you guys, I think of this truck and the graffiti wall. Oh. Yeah. Like, when yeah. I, you know, when I think of the space. Right. If you notice like, the front grill of this truck, um, oh, is actually the inspiration for our logo. Yeah. I see it. Since so a nineteen thirty five. Yeah, so it kinda symbolizes the end of prohibition. It's like a yeah. Rad anniversary shirt. Yeah. Truck. It's right fully there. functional too. It actually it, it does drive, like, yes. Uh, yeah. It, it so goes crazy. on its annual pilgrimage to the Glendale Cruise Night. That's every, every amazing. Year. And it barely makes it and it barely makes it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it doesn't, but yeah. we find a way to get it back. Drag it, drag <laughs> it back. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> so uh it, if I am mistaken, by all means, correct me, but I'm pretty sure I read an interview, um, I think that you did with Beer Paper, about wanting to bring loggers back to LA. Oh, yeah. LA. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, it's a couple years old now, I think. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Daniel yeah. Was, was kind enough to just let me just <laughs> throw a little opinionated rant, you know, on the yeah. op-ed kind of side of it. And, you know, I figured, well, I might as well just kind of it's almost like a like a our manifesto, you know. Yeah. In, in terms of who we are and what what is so intriguing and uh, like the struggle is real, you know, just in terms <laughs> of us. Um, and plus, we have no marketing, so it was the only op uh, opportunity I had to actually get people to understand yeah. who we are. I guess I'm know? curious because but, lager is such an interesting conversation because you yeah. hear brewers say that's what they want to brew, but mm -hmm. to get people to drink it you tend to think Bud Light and it's hard to get them out Yeah, of right. like uh, actually this whole four years has been probably the most eye-opening journey about understanding the term lager and understanding mm -hmm. the term ale. Um, I, and I'm pretty sure most other breweries never really had to deal with it as much because they kind of went with uh, styles that were more both acceptable and, and recognizable. Yeah, a lot of hazies, a um, lot of stouts. Yeah, and then, so what we started learning is, you know, at first we thought, well, yeah, oh, or for, well, our first lesson when we first started back then was the term lager was still um, very uh, uh, volatile and mm -hmm. it, it was still a very negative term because they, like you said, people just associated light American loggers yeah, yes. with the term yeah. lager without realizing that there's a whole universe of them like out, you know, in, in Germany and, you know, all these sure. other places. Um, and so we, we, we actually didn't use the term as, uh, as strongly, like a lot of times in the beginning, we actually 
said we loggered them, but we called them like ale loggers, or I you know, we tried that. to use terms like uh, common style loggers, yeah, I was or steam beers, yeah. And so, and then the other eye-opening thing was uh, was the notion that uh, craft beer, the the growth of craft beer here, at least you know, was so predicated on having an IPA that if you didn't have one, it was like, oh, this isn't really a craft brewery because you're not doing IPAs and yeah. you're not doing stouts and you're not doing, you know, ales. You're not doing ale, yeast strain, mm-hmm. yeah. beers. You know, and so that was our struggle, trying to convince people <laughs> just to try it. And then uh, the reason why, what, what kind of kept us resolute, though, in, in the whole journey though why we didn't just switch over because Mm -hmm. of all these issues with it was because when you get people to try it you know there's one very apparent realization about angelinos is that what we just mentioned before we all grew up with lighter crisper easier drinking beers mostly because of the weather it's hot and you know and so when people try them they were actually pleasantly surprised because they got an opportunity to try these darker beers, smoke beers, reds, uh, hoppies, whatever, but they still had that easier, familiar drinking uh, characteristic to it. Yeah. And so it's kind of the best of both worlds of what we're looking for in the craft beer world in Los Angeles. And I always say in Los Angeles, like if you're in Minnesota or something, yeah, of course you a want an imperial story. style. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that shit is awesome. Something full body that'll kind of warm you up. But, you know, people Today do still cold, drink it. But, yeah. and, sure. but uh, you know, I'd say the overall majority not just the diehards you know yeah. like just la what la needs and so that's why we just kept trying to persevere with this and we still are and yeah, i mean we're still learning yeah <laughs> and you know we're just fortunate now that people are starting to embrace the term lager a little bit more yeah. so we are in, you know being a lot more open with the term in you know saying yes we do lagers <laughs> but it's uh i think the the other uh discouraging realization though is that a lot of breweries uh in the past or maybe even now currently who knows but uh they actually still do use some of them do use like lager or steam beer yeast on a lot of beers but if they but they know they can't sell it that way so hmm. they will just relabel it something that's a little bit more identifiable that you know like hard. would you take an ipl or would you take a session ipa you know and obviously sure. the session ipa idea would probably stick better with people you know that also like that's incredibly con- confusing as a yes, consumer. Right. Because if I want an IPA and I taste this and it doesn't taste like an IPA, I'm going to think I'm drinking a bad IPA. Yeah. Versus yeah. a good lager. Or if you've never <laughs> right. had an IPA and you taste that one, you'll think that's the IPA right. and you taste something else. You're like, oh, well, that's a little too yeah. strong. Or, Which is, I think when I was getting into the IPA world, it was so confusing to me because there were right. some that I was like, this tastes terrible. Yeah. <laughs> or I was like, this doesn't taste like an IPA at all. What am I drinking? Yeah. And like, it's yeah. very confusing. Right. Right. Oh, and so the last part of this journey, sorry, I'll stop talking, but uh, it's no, just kind of like just, you guys to talk. That's, it's kind of just to summarize and paraphrase our whole journey, though. So the last part of our journey that, like, I guess the final, not the final, but where, yeah. we are, where we're Current. at now, um, you know, so that's the consumer side of marketing and trying to understand yeah. what we'll sell and all that. But then there's the kind of more professional drinkers, judges, all that, you know, trying like having these discussions of what is a steam beer is it a lager or is it a nail you know and then then trying to get with the discussion what makes a lager a lager and mm-hmm. an ale an ale you know you'll get people saying oh it's the yeast and it's like well you just drank something that you thought was uh you know a stout but i actually use lager yeast on it mm. you know i just use steam beer yeast and brewed it really high uh 
do you still think it's a lager or, or an ale? You know, and all of a sudden their opinion changes, but it can't really do it about the yeast. And so I think we're starting to realize what people are trying to tell us and what we, you know, find from other people. It's like whatever category it fits in, call it that. Yeah. You know, and so it doesn't matter what yeast you use, doesn't matter like what process you use, whatever, it basically the end will justify the means of whatever it's called. Just try you it know. and see if you like it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's you know. so interesting because it sounds like that you guys are, I, I, I don't think experimental is the right word because I tend to think of it as pretty traditional with some like interesting like yeast and flavor choices added, but they, you guys have a pretty traditional like menu. I guess, maybe traditional. Or style. Like Belgian, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, our, our Belgians and our German wheat beers are, they, they actually use Belgian yeast and German. Right. Yeah. Yeast. I guess when yeah, I say it's... traditional, I mean more like you're not going nuts on adjuncts and, oh, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Oh, right. Like, right, like right, you right. make very clean yeah. beers. Yeah. Uh, I use too many words to say clean, basically, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But it's interesting because it almost sounds like you guys are trying to push the envelope, maybe not experimenting flavor wise, but in changing people's perceptions. Right, exactly. I mean, we're kind of, we just kind of focus on, I guess, bridging the gap between ales and lagers where, you know, we try to strike a balance, you know, where you do get unique, distinctive flavors, but still have kind of a, a refreshing and yeah. crisp, uh, more approachable you know, characteristic yeah. to it where, where it is, um, you know, drinkable. Yeah. 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 So to the common person, you yes. know, like. We're never going to make those hop heads happy, you know, because, <laughs> you know, nobody can. <laughs> no one can. So if I wasn't here right now and you guys just wanted a beer, what is your go-to every, like, maybe oh. not every time, but right now, what is your go-to? I mean, usually it's the, the newest beer or the freshest. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's the new one now? Um, but. Oh, no, you're as bad as the hop head. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say our. Our spirit animal, our Jewel City, our California Common yeah. Amber, nice. the original the steam beer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Great. basically where we got our 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 lager yeast from. That being said, that hazelnut you brought to the women's beer forum. Oh, right, right. Holy crap, is that a good beer? Yeah, oh, thank you. So I that's think that another... might be my favorite you guys made. So <laughs> that's actually a, a fine example. Like uh, the way that it was brewed, it was brewed really high temperature wise, and it ended up having a good amount of body to it. Yeah. So we thought especially for distribution sake well we'll just so people just don't get confused we'll call it a brown ale you know but technically it's still our steam beer yeast and so you could say it's, so it's a heavy lager or yeah. <laughs> it's a light ale you know like it's so um, fascinating what you can do with just like this one thing like yeast is just i mean there's oh so yeah much right stuff, but, like, oh yeah so well that yeast is super and, yeah. versatile yeah. too that's you so know, crazy like, it's it does cheat it has a foot in both yeah. Uh, universes. I mean, it's like turning knobs on a mixer. You could just totally change the outcome. Yeah. yeah. You know, with, Science, with one little, yeah. you know, one little change. So. <laughs> this is why I drink beer and don't brew it. It seems <laughs> it's confusing. There's a lot of science. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think one of the really cool things about you guys being local is that you are helping bring beer, like, to here. Because I, we, a lot of my friends joke that, like, if you're local, you're a unicorn because we're all transplants. <laughs> and it's so rare to see somebody who's like born and raised here. So for us, I'm sure right, you guys right. are like, no, everybody who comes in here is born and raised, like get out of here. But yeah. I'm curious for you guys, what's important about like bringing good beer to your home, to your home market and like serving locals? Yeah, I mean, we, we are the um, first and still the only brewery here. In, for now. Yeah, for in now. Glendale. In the city of city. Glendale. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, 
before us, there wasn't really anything in this area. Yeah, um, just you know. Eagle Rock and Golden Road. We were yeah. basically the third brewery yeah. in this overall It's so funny because you guys are on what, year four? Four. four. Oh, we just yeah. finished year four. We yeah. just celebrated year four. I was, yeah. That's why I was like, how do I math this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, technically year five. Um, yeah. But in my head, you guys are like, Oh geez, for this area, it's, yeah. I think of you as the as one of the first because when we were at right. Golden Road and Eagle Rock, and you guys came along, and it's it's crazy. You're on year five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's probably. I mean, we're probably just still uh, on the more quiet side of things, just because of the journey we took and the fact that yeah, we're it's it's primarily like a two man plus family operation yeah. still, yeah. you know, like, and so. You know, we've been, we kind of have to, we grow, we're going at our own pace, but the, the really encouraging thing is that even with our much, with our tough, tougher journey, our tougher route we're taking, yeah. like uh, we're, we're still actually growing every year, you know, like slowly but surely, like, you know, whatever we can muster. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things I love about your anniversary parties, aside from the fact that they're just fun, is uh, the Cat's Pajama release. Like that's, to me, oh, yeah. to me, Cat's Pajama, like I associate that with Briar. So I'm curious, <laughs> yeah, of, like, nice. how did that come to be? And is there like, are you, is this really going to be like a yearly iteration every year? Or oh, are yeah. you going to hit the yeah. point? Yeah, every, every, yeah. Year, every year. Yeah, I don't know. The first year we just, it just seemed like a, a nice fit. Because uh, in terms of just barrel-aged beers, um, you know, yeah. usually it was always yeah. Imperial Stouts, yeah. you know, and we did have a, a Belgian double that, you know, worked really nice with kind of the, the bourbon barrel, you know, characteristics, you know, of the wood and, you know, some sweetness mm -hmm. and vanilla and things of that sort. And yeah, it, it, it just worked really well that we just wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great yeah. beer. Yeah. And it was yeah. our highest alcohol beer. And that's that was good kind of for an anniversary, yeah. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of perfect. Um, I realized I sort of interrupted my own question for you about LA before, but um, because this is Hopped LA, you guys are LA natives, I'm going to like twerk my question a little okay. bit around. Um, but I'm curious, basically, what is important to you guys about brewing in Los Angeles versus like you guys could have moved anywhere and started a brewery, but you stayed in LA. So what is important to you about like being part of the community you grew up in and giving them this, this beer? Well, it's just, it's, it's obviously, you know, it's our hometown, you know, it's our home yeah. turf and just to, you know, share our beer with, with, with everyone, you know, part of the community and everyone here, like I was saying that it was underserved, you yeah. know, and no one was, was, you know, was doing it here. So, you know, it, we feel like it, it, it definitely, made sense for us to stay here mm -hmm. you know and to brew beer here you know where our families where our friends are you know and um it just in general you know just in terms of our tap room just bringing in you know different communities of different people you know with different events you know it ended up being uh more of a, a meeting place you yeah. know yeah. where very much is yeah and um and that was that's definitely you know very important to us yeah. It was very intentional too, you know, like we definitely wanted, we definitely wanted the vibe to be a lot more uh, welcoming, embracing and chill and, you know, kind of less, less of a notion of, you know, because it seems like, especially craft beer, it, there's, there, there almost seems to be two kind of perspectives on mm -hmm. it, you know, one is like kind of a weird hipster pretentious and then one is kind of super community, you know, and so 
Very little gray area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, True. I mean, we're actually trying to be as welcoming where we get both of them in there, but, you know, yeah. in general, right. it's kind of like no judgments. Everyone's here. Like, when you really look at the crowd, a bigger crowd here, it is very well mixed. It's, um, it, I think you guys have the most, or at least one of the most diverse um, crowds yeah. that I've ever seen. The whole concept was around that idea. I mean, even our beers, when you think about it, it's all about trying to be approachable to the yeah. average welcoming, person yeah. and welcoming and non-judgmental and it's like oh you don't like that one it's like why don't you try this you know like there's not like a i can't believe you don't like that you know yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh. true it's very nice guys. <laughs> but yeah and i i think when we started two five years back or actually even like six years back when yeah. we actually just started submitting things and filing and all that you know it, uh yeah the landscape was still very sparse um it felt it definitely felt like, and it, it still is, but especially back in it, it kind of felt like a rebellious movement, you know, mm. like against the big guys, you know, and so Love that. That, that's basically, <laughs> you know, the the inspiration and the and the motivation, you know, yeah. to open up something like this. It's like I want to be more, you know, instead of, yeah, at at a summer jam festival. It's like no, I just want to be able to, you know, make beer for the local, yeah. you know, our local townsmen, you know, like in Glendale and Burbank. Wondering what you guys have coming up, either beers that are coming back that people can look forward to, if you've got some new stuff in the works that Hop Delay readers can, can get excited about. Um, just, yeah, just currently uh, we're working on uh, a couple uh, newer uh, kind of Belgian-focused beers. Uh, one, you know, with, with, with fruit, and then another one, uh, dry hopped, to give it a little, you know, kind of a, a hoppy bitterness like balance. Like a pale, you know, nice. like a Belgian, yeah, like a Belgian pale. Um, yeah, I mean, what's nice is to we try to keep our you know our our boards pretty uh, you know good variety mm -hmm. where you know well people will come in where you know they'll say I don't even drink beer yeah and and <laughs> you know and we can you know maybe find one that they do enjoy you know yeah. and that that's or what's I only awesome drink wine or I only, you know <laughs> yes. I only do hard liquor I have a friend who only drinks only drinks hefts so we always <laughs> guide her. We guide her accordingly. So yeah. Let's find you something with like a bubblegum kick, I guess. I don't know. I mention that yeah. or the banana kick, yeah. And uh, you know our ability to just offer something that, you know, someone that doesn't drink beer, something that they actually enjoy, you know, is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. So um, we, we try to keep it different. I mean, you know, we we kind of brew, you know, by the seat of our pants. It's like, oh, well, what, let's try what, this. What can we brew? Now? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's pretty fun. That gives you a very diverse uh, menu up there. Oh yeah. And, well, actually, also, you know, because we do those like hybrid style lagers, just to like, throw out another term to confuse everyone. Um, but pretty much every beer, regardless of if we brewed it for a while or not, is always uh, like a, a a different take on something that is something familiar. You know. Yeah. Like, like we have a, like our Loch Ness Maltster, it's actually a Scottish lager, not a Scottish ale. Mm -hmm. We've even done a Scotch lager before. Um, you just like, really know how to screw with everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, but they always end up being pleasantly surprising for everyone because they're like, oh, okay, yeah, like I'm familiar with this and right. this one is just crisper and you know, cleaner. Um, I think one of the, the more fun things that we do though are uh, along those lines of trying to adapt a, a popular ale style with our lager yeast. Um, like one thing that uh, is obviously popular just because of the overall style is our hazy lager because hazy IPAs are like kind of 
they kind of went nuts for a while. Yes. But uh, you know, experimenting with lager yeast on trying to keep it hazy is is really tough because lager yeast likes to clear up and kind of drop out. just drop out mm. really quickly. So our it, it took several iterations but then you know when we kind of figured out how to do it like people are usually like man this is crazy like <laughs> i like hazies but sometimes they're a little too you know like the, it's full mouth feels yeah and right. it's I, heavy i always call them chewy chewy yeah yeah but then you know and then we're like oh well if you like that you should try this you know <laughs> and they're like i could just drink this all day during the summer like is there anything though that you just want readers to know about what you what you got going on or Anything going on this fifth year? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, um, in a few weeks, uh, uh, we'll be opening on Tuesdays. Nice. Yeah, we're going to yeah. try Tuesdays. Amazing. Yeah, because right now we're Wednesday through Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So on the tap room side, there's a lot of exciting things, actually. So there's Tuesdays. We actually don't have internet here, but uh, <laughs> this year, supposedly, um, Spectrum right. is going to bring their their wires here finally oh. so we're gonna finally have dodger games and laker games and we can stream things and we might even be able to do like fun we have nice. a game we have a mario kart night so we might yes, be able to I've do things that, that are I'm a little bit more gaming it, which oh it's fun it's just grab drink and drive <laughs> mario kart <laughs> on the game of course yes <laughs> um oh and then actually this year our conditional use permit is up for renewal so we're actually going to ask for outdoor patio space nice and so That'll be nice. we'll have some nice you know if as i mean we love glendale and they said that uh they're they'll they'll try for us and nice uh, if it gets approved we might actually you know a nice day sit out nice. there in terms of our beer you know the our passionate side of the beer side uh you know we've had a distributor uh wigan family distribution for a year and they're you know they're wonderful people and they've actually moved more beer than we were uh originally planning on a little Great. bit more beer than we were planning yeah. on so this year hopefully you know like we could both like step up our game a little bit it's definitely going to take a village for for that to happen but <laughs> especially with all the other breweries opening up and you know just so more many. comp but you know we just want to get our our loggers out there you know and so nice. people can you know expand their understanding of beer more well cool do you have anything anything last you'd like to um no. you know what just close uh it close it out for us <laughs> <laughs> bring it home bring it home <laughs> well if you guys haven't been to briard come on down uh it's a little hard to find <laughs> um just you just have to know we're underneath the western bridge at San Fernando Road in yeah. Glendale. You just look for the the gnomes and the, <laughs> the, the, tro yeah. the trolls. And underneath, yeah, off of San Fernando Road, underneath the Western Avenue Bridge. That's the key, yeah. not the flower side, because yes. a lot of people think the flowers. Yeah, the key. <laughs> once you get lost the first time yeah. and figure it out, you're good. And then once you're, you're under the bridge, there. we're in back of the driveway on the yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. If that helps. But. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Or if you see the food truck, then that's a telltale yeah. sign that you're right there. Our bat signal. Oh yeah, so at night we logo. have this big bat signal on the side. <laughs> Smart. Our logo. Outside wall there of, of our yeah. logo, so you could see it from the bridge. The bridge. The bridge is a very confusing concept. Yeah. Like oh, I don't know. It's weird. The idea that they ever were like, you know what we should do. <laughs> at the time it seemed cool, and but like, yeah, in hindsight we're like. Could've... Oh no, I think Glendale stuff, but they were like, you know what we should do. Put, put buildings under this bridge. And, <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh? And, call it, and call it Western. Like, yeah. That's the key. It should have just changed names. <laughs> yeah, it should just be a different like name. Like a different name, and then everyone so would get easier. it. 
All right, cool. Yeah. Well, so thanks. just uh, yeah. uh, check us out uh, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, oh. at uh, Brewyard Beer Co. Yeah. And um, come have a beer with us. Yeah. And thank this. you for interviewing us. <laughs> of course. And thank you, yeah. Hop to LA. I'm so, glad you, I'm so glad you guys were down. And that was our Hopped LA interview with Kirk and Sherwin of Briard. If you haven't visited them yet, once we are all able to actually sit in breweries again, please do. They have a really rad space up in Glendale and put on a lot of fun events. I actually ran a charity storytelling show on their stage a few years back, and my friend's 90s cover band has played there. It's very chill. Feels like a true local hangout. And until you can stay for a pint, please keep supporting them by picking up crawlers and four packs to go. In fact, do that with all of your local breweries as you can. I know it's a tough time for all of us, but the more we can help out our favorite local breweries, the better it will be for all of us in the long run. So last time I was up in Briard, I had their Citra Bang, which is an India pale lager, and that will both confuse and delight you. So I'm telling you, you want to give it a try. As for us here at LA, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to let us know what LA breweries you'd love to hear from next. You can follow Hop Delay at Hop Delay on all socials. I am Hops and Highways over on Instagram if you'd like to chat with me there or see what I've been drinking these days. I've been your host, Emily Krauser, and for all of us at Hop Delay, stay safe and drink local.